my hot girl healers and spiritual baddies. Welcome to the Spiritual Baddies Club, where we get real about healing, hustling, and stepping into our power without any of the BS. I'm your host, hottie and healer, Alexandria, and our vision here is pretty simple. We hold space for the club. Whether we're crying in the club or having massive up levels, this podcast is for women ready to normalize spirituality into their everyday lives. Expect raw conversations on everything from eclectic spiritual tools to conscious entrepreneurship. My promise is you'll leave feeling pumped, clear, and lit up to make aligned choices towards embodying your highest and hottest self. Remember, the hottest thing we can do is heal. Now who's ready for this week's baddie download? Welcome to the club! Hello, 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 my gorgeous spiritual baddie girls. I am so excited to be back on the mic. It's actually really crazy because I genuinely thought in November when I took a week off for Thanksgiving that it was just going to be a week, but I needed to listen to my intuition and I'm going to explain what my intuition was telling me in just a moment, but I was feeling so much resistance around it. And now because I have so little resistance, in fact, no resistance, I feel so good right now. Uh, I'm so excited to be back. And let me tell you, I promise I'm not going to leave you hanging like that ever again. I deeply, deeply, deeply apologize. I did not mean to leave anyone hanging. I let's just like call a spade for a spade. When I started this podcast, it was like a deep desire of something I've always wanted to do. I had no idea how many women would reach out even in these past few weeks where like there's been no new content. Um, Oh, I should also mention here that like there have been two vault episodes, that's what I'm calling them, that were done at the end of 2023. One with my best friend Kayla, one with Taylor. Um, If you haven't listened to them, please go back and take a listen. But this is actually the very first time I'm recording in 2024. And so over this holiday break, I received so much love for the podcast, which now taking you back to November when I had initially taken the week off for Thanksgiving, um, a big part of doing that was because I knew I needed to give more to this podcast. I knew that I needed better sound quality. I needed better editing tools. I needed better social media presence around this. Like I thought that this little podcast was going to be like a little old hour long me speaking into a microphone aimlessly and like my mother and my best friend listening and there are just so many other badass women who are listening consistently taking so many different of my like so many different insights and so much love from this project of mine and actually applying it to their everyday life and so first and foremost like this podcast needed space it needed space to come back in a way that I could be really proud of and My business, I feel so strongly about showing up integrally. Everything should be done with intention and everything should be done with integrity. And it just felt so out of integrity to almost like half-ass this podcast because like I know the content wasn't being half-assed, but my delivery and sharing it with the world was and that made me deeply uncomfortable and I hated it. So I needed to pull up. So I did. I am so excited. You are going to notice so many changes over the next few weeks that I am now going to be integrating into this podcast. One of them, because you guys are listening to me, you don't know, I decided a huge piece of resistance I was also having within my podcast is that I couldn't record in my office. 
I love my office. My office is my creative zone. It's my safe space, especially like right now where I'm so driven by my work and I'm so excited about what I do. I love being in my office. My dogs love being in my office. Um, I sing, I dance, I create in there. It's my favorite. But something about podcasting, like I just want to be in the bed. Like if you know me personally, I love being in the bed. I live for the bed. When I'm out of the bed, I can't wait to get back in the bed. Sundays are for the bed. Like if you're asking someone to do something on a Sunday and it's not brunch, like you're being rude because we all want to be in the bed. Um, I have this really beautiful joke with my aunt. She and I are like best friends. We're very, very close. And just every week we call each other from the bed. We don't open our blinds. We bring our bevies to the bed and we exist. And we it's my favorite thing. And so one of the things when I was talking to some of my friends about some of the up levels I wanted for this podcast is that I wanted to start recording from different spaces in my home where I can be more comfortable. And so that's the bed, the couch, the floor. Like I needed to find a system that allowed me to be a little bit more mobile. I also wonder sometimes like if this podcast blows up even more and I decide to ever like enter a studio like I might have to bring like a lounge chair a blanket and a PJ set and be like okay like I'm ready to record because I I knew what I needed and now in hindsight like I'm sitting here I have my notes in front of me I have my gorgeous microphone I up leveled some of my sound things I have literally my dogs are laying on top of me and I've never been so ready to dive in to a podcast episode before. So I guess it's a testament that sometimes space is the best thing you can do. And we're actually going to talk about that a little bit in today's podcast. But don't be afraid to take space, especially if you know that it could be better. And you don't have to have better right away, right? Like I always say, the line between knowing better, doing better, and having better isn't linear. And like what happened to me over the last um, six to eight weeks with this podcast is the most beautiful example of the line between knowing better, doing better, having better. I knew better for about two episodes, but it doesn't necessarily mean I just like did better. And even when I knew better, like I didn't even effectively communicate how I wanted to be better. Um, but I, I took the space, I took the time, I did better, and now I have better. I'm in a situation where I feel way more comfortable and way more electric about being able to share these gorgeous episodes with you all. So without further ado, let's dive right in. I know in the past that I have centered these episodes around how I'm doing and like the things that I'm going through in my life and I'm ready to explore even deeper topics. So today's episode are the 12 things that changed my life this year and intentions for the year to come. I know so many spiritual entrepreneurs who deeply desire to build and grow a soul-aligned business, but come up against fear and blocks when it comes time to actually scale up. I see you. I've been there myself, wanting to monetize my gifts and offer my services, yet also hearing those nasty inner voices saying I wasn't good enough or questioning if anyone would even want what I have to share. Here's the tea, ladies. You have to be willing to stare down those fears and limiting beliefs in order to build a thriving, aligned business on the other side. And that is exactly what the Divine Blueprint is designed to help you do. Over three transformative sessions, working with your human design, subconscious coaching, and past life regression, we will unpack exactly what subconscious blocks are tripping you up, where they stem from, and how your unique soul blueprint is truly wired for entrepreneurial success. 
by uprooting those fears and rewriting inner scripts, you'll gain so much clarity on how to confidently monetize your spiritual gifts and build that soul-aligned company you've been dreaming of. No more playing small. If fear and blocks come up around scaling your business and turning this spiritual knowledge into income, but your desire still burns, let's talk. Not just surface level. We're going deep with the divine blueprint to clear this once and for all. Head to the show notes and click the link to join. So at the end of this episode, I'll go over some of my intentions for this year. I'll give you kind of a life update with where I'm at. Um, But I really want to start off with what I reflected on and the 12 things that truly changed my life over this last year. So thing number one, topic number one, we're actually going to come in real hot, real heavy right away. Um, This year, I got off hormonal birth control. I am not on birth control whatsoever. So the backstory to this is last year my face in the winter time freaked out now if you know me since i'm a child or like preteen teenager early 20s i've always had incredible skin actually my friends hate me because i used to say growing up how like i would never even wash my face like nothing would go on my face maybe in the winter time some moisturizer at best and like we're talking the shittiest of all shitty moisturizers like i am not a total skincare girly. I never have been, but my face freaked out so bad. And like every person I would talk to would have a different reason why I was spending thousands of dollars on skin treatments. I, and I'm getting married this year, right? So like, I want to do everything to make my face better. Eventually I make my way to a dermatologist who is like, listen, girlfriend, like if you really want to see what's wrong with your face, you need to get off birth control, which for me, I was not opposed to it. Like I was already feeling I had an IUD for years. And so I was already feeling as if like I needed to get off of it and just I wanted my body to have a chance to like feel it like itself again. Like, I don't know. I just like there was like a deep knowing inside of me that like my IUD was not really serving me anymore on a health level. And so while I knew I really wanted to get off of it, the one thing that my dermatologist did say was like, yeah, like there's a strong possibility that like your face being the way it is totally is due to your birth control. And there is a strong possibility that because you're getting off of birth control and your fate, like your hormones are going to make it worse. And I was like, well, I would rather come up with a plan to fix this rather than like be stuck in limbo the month of my wedding and like not feel like myself or like I was actually in control. So also something that I knew about my skin was that when I'm in the sun my skin is 10 times better so leading up to my wedding I knew I was going to San Diego in March I knew I was going to Miami in April and I get married in May and at that point like here in the east coast like it does tend to get warmer so I was banking on the fact that like I was going to just stare in the sun into the sun and hope that like its beauty and its rays would help heal my face, which it did for the most part. I felt beautiful for my wedding day, but the moment I could get back on track, I did. So I got my IUD out. And when I tell you, it was almost immediate. Like I remember I took off the rest of that day because like IUDs are no joke. They're incredibly painful. So I was like, oof, like I'm going to be in a lot of pain. Like I'm just going to sit with the blinds closed, watch movies. I felt so good. I my mental health was immediately better like I I've never really identified with being depressed I think I've had episodes in my life or moments but like I actually didn't realize how much my mental health was being negatively affected by birth control I almost immediately felt happier 
felt more rejuvenated, felt more energetic. My skin, knock on wood, I'm not going to actually knock because the dogs will go nuts and Louie is snoring on my lap. Um, but my skin has never glown so much. Like I am a glowing lady. Um, and it's been, it, it worked. Like my skin is great. I'm back on a very low maintenance skin regimen, which we're still going to talk. That's going to be the next thing actually. So we'll get there, but my body feels so much better. Um, something that I actually have appreciated is I'm actually super caffeine sensitive. So if you know me about a year ago, I was in my Red Bull era. I went to Europe for like 30 days with my family and came back with a Red Bull addiction. I don't know what happened. I think it's because like Italy doesn't believe in iced coffee and like I couldn't do a hot espresso in 99 degree weather. So I just really leaned into Red Bulls and they're so bad for you. Like if you are drinking a Celsius or a Red Bull right now, like I respect it. I get it. But like they're so bad for you. Um, and so I finally got off of that kick. But like now this morning, it's actually ironic. I tried to drink a half of a Celsius because my mom left it here and it sounded so good and it gave me an immediate headache. Like I have to drink lattes or like espresso or just like my regular coffee anything else like really 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 sends me into like a migraine spiral which I appreciate because like my body doesn't need that much caffeine to keep regulated and to keep it going like I can survive off of someone's regular dosage of caffeine or honestly like I can't believe I'm saying this my friends are going to actually roll their eyes but like drinking water like these really basic life things that like I felt were not helping me because something about the hormones given to me in my birth control were just making me feel so diluted in these ways it's almost like a numbness and it's crazy to think about it right that like a hormonal thing that was helping me stay regulated in my menstrual cycle as well as being used as an actual form of birth control like such a necessary thing and like I'm grateful for what it served for in my life but like at one point you have to sit back and like really outweigh like is this numbness that it's providing to my physical health actually worth it and I am privileged to be in a space of in my life where like yeah, I can get off of birth control. And like I I do have the privilege of being able to learn my cycles, learn the language around it, understand my body and just be present with it all. And I recognize that. But like if you do have that at your availability, like I do promise you it's not that hard. There are so I educated myself before I got my IUD out, but like there are so many different resources that you can lean on and honestly like the number one resource I leaned on were my friends who did it too like you'd be shocked how many women in your world realized how bad it was for them took this leap and now are thriving as well and while we're on the topic I I know that like you know periods and menstrual cycles can be really triggering or just different for anybody but while we're on this topic if you are using tampons please stop I can't believe I'm telling you this 18 year old Alex I mean shit 25 year old Alex would be like what are you talking about but I'm not kidding if you are using tampons please stop my menstruating girlies I can't trust you enough so I'm so passionate about this topic by the way the dogs are like getting up they're like oh my god what's happening um no I'm so serious so when I decided to get off of hormonal hormonal birth control 
one of the things that I had said was like, I can't be a hypocrite. So like if I'm getting off of it because I don't want these hormones to affect my body anymore, then that means I really do need to be way more considerate about like, what am I putting in my body? Both like through my mouth, like what am I eating? And also like, what am I putting for lack of a better word inside of me? And that is, you know, when you are a menstruating girly, one of those things can be a tampon. And so I started doing all this research. Even the organic tampons are terrible for you. They are known to, um, especially for my like colored girlies, like they are known to bring on PCOS. They're known to make menstrual cycles painful. They are known for extra bloating. And I was like, it really can't be so. Like it can't be that like my whole life, like I couldn't wait to use a tampon because like every, like a pad was just really uncomfortable for me. And so I decided to ask around. I got really vulnerable with my friends, with my family members who have also taken this journey. I sat up watching videos of other girls going through a really similar experience and I have found to be a disc girly. I use menstrual discs now and they have changed my life. I go through painless periods. Um, I feel so much better. I'm not bloated. And mind you, please, like, disclaimer here, like, my period is going to be different than any other girl's menstrual cycle. I really do understand that. But, like, I had no idea how much I was actually inducing pain to myself. And so I talked to my closest girls about this. They have now made the shift, and they are not going back either. Like, it is not just me. It is all the girlies. So if you can, like, please try, like, talk to your friends, look up your resources, try discs, try cups, try the period panty, like, whatever it is for you that you need. But, like, please, 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 please stop using tampons and, like, also look at the pads if you are a pad girly. Like, look at what you're using and make sure that you're not harming yourself because it already is an unfortunate time. It's not unfortunate. I recognize periods are actually a really beautiful cycle that we as women get to go through. Like, we get to hold life and create life. How sick is that, right? So, like, I I am leaning into the beauty of what it means to have a period and With that being said, be really cautious, be really mindful about what you're using. We move on to topic number two. As much as I got married this year, and I actually talked about this in deep depth in my episode with Taylor, that like this year held so much dichotomy for me because while yes, like it was the most beautiful year of my life, I got married um, and my husband and I, I mean, he is just, I, I can't say enough incredible things about him, are relationship post-marriage I guess I can have a whole episode one of these days about like I never thought marrying him would actually make our relationship different because we've been together this March nine years but like it does there's just something about having that commitment solidified there's an energetic charge to referring to him as my husband like I, I don't know what it is but like we're as close as can be now more than ever before and this year I dedicate to my girls, to my sisters. I don't know. I might even get emotional like talking about this right now. Like I don't know if I would have made it through this year without them. I needed them more than I've ever needed them before. And they were there for me beyond. Like I can't even begin to describe the way my girls continuously show up for me. But like especially this year showed up for me. Let me tell you something. When you get married, you're going to be the girl because I know the women who listen to these podcasts. And if you are if you are married listening to this, you are going to be like, yes, exactly. Preach. Say it louder for the girls in the back. Like 
But for those of you who are not married just yet, let me tell you something. You are going to start off getting engaged and you're going to be like, oh, I'm not going to be like those other girls. Like, I'm not going to be a bridezilla. Like, I'm not, I'm going to try my best to like be level headed and I want to include everyone and I want X, Y, and Z and I want it to be peaceful. It's going to be totally chill. I'm going to be a chill bride. And you will be. You will be a chill bride. Like, if you really go in with that intention, like, yeah, you will have a very chill experience, you yourself. But, honey, you cannot control other people around you. And that's the biggest problem. During my wedding, I was able to see so many people in my life for who they truly were. And I don't know if it's because it's just such a big event or like emotions are running high or like, you know, I think weddings especially immediate family and friends might carry a high level of expectation of you and when their expectation or their preference I should say is not met you really get to see their true colors and like where they actually are placing their care and compassion is it for you or is it for them like and there's no right or wrong to that I can't say there is but all I know is that when life or people or experiences in my wedding process especially the crunch time of like March through May when I was done dirty the way that my girls my girlfriends rallied around me was indescribable I I don't even know how I would have survived without them they picked up every single phone call they advocated for me in spaces I couldn't advocate for myself. They showed up so big for me every single day leading up to the wedding and thereafter. They celebrated me during it, my husband during it. They only had the most kind and beautiful and just precious things to say even after. And Every time I came to them with a problem, with an experience, with, you know, just a piece of what was happening, they were so beautifully there to like rally behind me and help me, but at the same time, not egg me on. They didn't fuel my my fire. They didn't like the things that people were bringing to me and the deep amount of just I don't even know how to describe it without like giving specifics, but here's what I'll say. When people decided to show up and say certain things or act a certain way or just be a certain way, both before and after your wedding, because shockingly it'll happen after and like wedding can be interchangeable with any big event in your life, whether it's having a baby, graduating from college, like entering a new relationship, who knows, any big event. When I would come to my girlfriends and be like, X, Y, and Z happened, they not only validated my experience, but rather than adding fuel to my fire, they just gave me like their profound sense of wisdom. And they didn't judge me. They held me. They were the most beautiful ears. I just, you know, in past episodes, if you go back, I talk about how I had such a bad woman wound. Um, I had a lot of things happen in my childhood that allowed me to feel really just abandoned by women in general and over the years I've been healing that wound I've said this in the past like you know my, being able to which if you went back and you watched my episode with my best friend Kayla you'll hear where she really had such a big hand at the initiation of that healing but just to look back like I have a core of about five girls who 
who are my girls and I would do anything for them and they would do anything for me. My kids one day are not going to know whether they were blood related to me or not. They're going to just think they always were. Like, those are your girls. And I, I just highly recommend if you're a woman listening to this podcast right now, like either t- if you have that group and you're like smiling and you're thinking of them, please text them and be like, yo, you are really it for me and I love you so much. And if you don't have that, I really invite you and implore you to go find them. Go find your girls. Heal that sister wound or that woman wound that you might have and allow yourself to be vulnerable and comfortable with a group of women in your circle because you need them. You need them so badly. Like I I have no other words. Like you you need them and boom, that's it. So number two of what changed my life this year is just really celebrating, idolizing, and leaning on my girls. I love you all for all of you listening. I know you know who you are. I love you so much. I wonder what those kisses sound like in a microphone. Dear God. Okay. Next thing on the list. So this is actually something that I'm not very like vocal about. I like never really came out to my family about this. Um, so like, hi, if you're listening. Yay. <laughs> Um, I think my immediate family knows, but I last February started therapy and I don't know why I'm not more vocal about it. I think that there's a lot of stigma around therapy. I've also watched people weaponize therapy a lot. Like I know a lot of people who like go to therapy and then like hear their therapist say therapy words and then come to you with those therapy words, but they're not actually like integrating or applying it. They're just like weaponizing therapy in their interpersonal relationships and like not growing but like that's a different conversation for a different day um for me I think that I've also been quiet about therapy because like it's it actually has been such a personal journey I think for so long I've done so much spiritual work and so much work on myself and I there became a layer of my healing that was like okay therapy for me is about being able to see where I am incredibly conditioned or jaded or not open to other people's perspectives, experiences, and lifestyles. Whereas I feel like my spiritual healing was like, that shit was personal. Like that was really about me and my journey and my own, like the inner workings of my own mind and my mindset and how I was speaking to myself and how I wanted to transmute the way I spoke to myself into my work and into my own personal missions. Like I feel like my spiritual work really brings me back to mission and purpose and desire and worthiness whereas therapy has been about like okay let's look into the very specific interconnected past traumas you've experienced and like let's maybe not like do them again so I would say I started therapy for two reasons one is I started to notice that I was not communicating properly in a lot of my relationships I would get really triggered and then I would be really reactive I'm a very reactive emotional person just by nature I've been my entire life and now knowing my human design and like I have a lot of spiritual context to explain that about myself even like astrologically I feel like I can explain that about myself but like all of those things weren't necessarily helping my ability to actually communicate better so I wanted to be better in my communication style and I guess for me 
you know, I was really lucky. My personal experience in my household, I grew up with a mother and a father who were deeply loving, caring, supportive, and gave me the entire world on a platter. My biggest fear was turning 18 and like having to continue the lifestyle that was already given to me. Like, think about that. Like, that was my biggest fear in life was like, damn, how am I going to keep this up? It wasn't like, how I was going to be different or fix or couldn't wait to get out. Like it was more truly about like I've lived a really privileged, beautiful and abundant life. And I, I, I deeply feared being able to create that on my own. Like if I didn't have somebody creating that structure for me, then like how the hell was I supposed to do it for myself? And so for me now, I'm a wife and you know, a part of my future, I I pray to God, I get the opportunity to be a mother. So I wanted to talk through some of my childhood, some of the conditioning that I've learned being a first gen Dominican woman born like in this country to immigrant parents, just and even like the person I married, the age difference that we have, the different cultural experiences that we have, I just, I wanted to understand how I could not imprint my own traumas onto my child. I wanted to be able to break generational, I guess, like traumas, experiences that aren't helpful. You know, one of the things that I have been really vocal about is that, you know, having immigrant parents, and I don't know if this is specific to them, but their dream for me was to always give me better than what they had. And they killed it. They absolutely killed it. They physically did. And I feel like my job is to not only double down on that and give my kids even better than what I had, if that's even possible, but I also want to give back better to them emotionally. I want to give back better to them energetically. And I feel like I needed therapy. I I needed that really cognitive modality of how I can now place that into words and like actually activate on that. So I guess what I'm saying here is like if you feel the call to go to therapy, if you want to like talk out some of your shit, like it's been really helpful. I I probably don't I should have better language around that. But yeah, go to therapy. It's really, really helpful. Go to therapy and have like a spiritual experience. Both of them are not the same, but they do hold space for really important layers of future growth. Okay, next thing's actually really simple, but like also really niche. Um I ritualized my beverages this year. Hear me out. I'm a beverage girly. So like I need a different beverage in front of me. I need to just constantly be sipping on something like it doesn't matter what it is. It also needs to be a fun little drink like it can't be water. I grew up in a house where like I just never drank water. Um, So I just I constantly need to be sipping on a fun little drink, whether that is a lemon water, whether that's a sparkling water. Um, I have gotten into like making my own fresh pressed juices, my own mocktails. Even when I do drink alcohol, I make my own cocktails like I just I've ritualized my beverages and the ritual for me is the idea of taking really conscious time to create the beverage that I'm going to enjoy. You know, some girls are snack girlies like they just have to have like a like 
little support snack at all times nearby. I need to have a beverage nearby at all times. Like right now as I'm recording this, I'm drinking, it's 11 or it's actually midnight. So I'm drinking a strawberry lemon infused water that I topped off with a like probiotic soda right off the top. Like I just need something fun. And what has been really beautiful is that I have now literally saved so many different mocktail, cocktail, and coffee recipes that I look forward to every morning being able to craft my favorite latte and like have different like like add-ons to them, whether it's like cold foam in the summertime or cinnamon in the wintertime. Um, my mocktail cocktail game has have, have been insane. I made myself a Palo Santo infused uh, cucumber water the other day. And it was delicious and it was so effortless. But just taking that special time to make them and try new things and just give myself space to be creative, but at the same time, like give back to myself. Something that could have been as so simple as like go grab the Fiji water from the fridge, crack it open, drink it. Like that's easy, but I spend so much time doing things, whether it's for other people or for my business, if I can give back to myself an easy five to 10 minutes, or sometimes it's even longer, but if I can really carve out that really intentional time to like taste it and make it to my liking, it makes all those little things I have to do throughout the day so much better without really having to think. So have rituals and be intentional with your time, especially when you get to be creative during that. For me, it's ritualizing my bevies. Maybe for you, it's ritualizing your snacks, ritualizing how you make dinner, make your breakfast, but just have a moment where you get to ritualize something in your life that is small but makes a big difference, which actually is a great segue into my next thing. So this year, while it was really difficult to be really consistent in it, I would say it was a lot more consistent um, than I had expected. But every Sunday, I tried to make a flower bouquet. And my intention for doing a flower bouquet is one, When you get to put something in your life that's just intentionally beautiful, it absolutely changes everything for you. Like my perspective was changed. My ability to like come down my steps and see something that I created and how beautiful it is. And like it just it gave me such a sense of satisfaction, such a sense of love and light. And I started to look forward to it. I started to think like, what colors do I want to see? Like, how do I want it to bounce off? What like videos do I want to take while I'm making them? Like, it just became this really beautiful and intentional time for myself to create something. And it was something that everyone got to adorn. It was something that would bring different aromas into my house. It was something that like my husband would come home to and like compliment or my mom would come visit like or I'd even like FaceTime someone they'd be like oh my god that bouquet is beautiful and it just like it opened my my world to the little ways that you can just bring intentional beauty into your life and so and it doesn't have to be expensive like you can go to Trader Ho's and grab you know their cheapest little bouquets and make one together I love to go my local food store has like a nursery attached to it and they have these like three dollar bouquets where they're really small little bundles but you know you can take the baby's breath the you know roses that only come in a set of three rather than six the eucalyptus the you know the little I don't even know. I'm not like well versed in plants now or anything, but like just being able to bring this intentional beauty into my life created this daily 
aura to my day. It lifted my home in a way that was just so simplistic yet so intentional. So highly recommend flower bouquets every Sunday. Even if that means you have to take a special trip, like it's worth it. If you can bring your dog, if you live like in California where there's open markets, go do that. If you can bring your significant other, get their opinion or your best girlfriend, like just highly recommend give back to yourself in that way. It really does make such a big difference. Next on the list, a little shady, but hear me out. I started utilizing the silence option for specific chats and group chats in my text messages. So like I have certain people that are um, silenced. I guess you can call them muted. And so what that means is that they can still send me messages and it's not the do not disturb. Like do not get this confused with do not disturb. It's not the do not disturb feature. I literally like silenced their messages. And so when I go into my phone, I'll see they messaged me, but my phone didn't alert me. Why has this been so important? Because one, I don't have to be accessible to everyone at all times. And sometimes there's people in our lives or the group chats in our lives that just like pop off consistently and the the sound of my phone vibrating while I'm trying to get work done or like while I'm in the middle of a really serious conversation with my husband or while I'm trying to like cook dinner just was like wildly distracting and I found myself being so not present for conversations and for things that like really didn't matter in the grand scheme of it all and so I went and just like silenced certain conversations and it doesn't mean I don't get back to them like when I have a quiet moment in my evening where I'm doing nothing where I'm watching tv I can be like oh yeah let me get back to so-and-so or let me look back at my group chat like it has been so wildly helpful to my mental health to my focus to my presence not to mention like I'm a recovering people pleaser I'm willing to drop everything for anyone at any given moment so and also like I am not diagnosed with this but I have to be diagnosed with ADHD amongst other things and so it's just been so much easier to like stay focused on one thing at a time not worry about everyone or anything else that's happening and then I get to go like when I'm ready through my phone and respond and respond with a with a sense of intentionality and like a really beautiful sense of presence okay so this is also kind of niche we're moving into our next topic here or the next thing I like didn't number these right so I don't know what number we're on but I think we're like halfway through the list um really niche but this year I actually invested um especially in the beginning like right around my wedding time I invested in clothing memberships so at the beginning of the year I joined a like luxury um purse like a luxury accessory I guess you could call it membership and then through my wedding I joined newly as well as one other um rent the runway yes that's the one and I loved it I absolutely loved it for a, a multitude of reasons um this is something it's actually one of my 2024 intentions is I really want to be better about owning my style and I really want to embrace my style. I feel like I have such a great sense of what I wish I could wear and then I just let like my body dysmorphia or like how expensive clothing is get in the way of my ability to actually own it. So I settle for like athleisure wear only but like I'm so much more than athleisure wear and I'm like in a stage in my life where I want to 
look good every day. I want to dress up. And by dress up, it doesn't mean like heels and like a mini skirt. But although I love a good mini skirt, don't get me wrong. But like, I just want to feel good with what I'm putting on. And so these memberships gave me the opportunity to try new things and see what I liked and what I didn't like. And also not break the bank on wardrobes that were just going to be trendy. Like, do you have any white things I had to wear this year that it absolutely saved me being able to like rent them rather than buy them because I knew I would never use them again. So highly recommend it. It really gives you an opportunity to expand your vision of like what you think you can wear and like what you would like to wear. And the best part about it is nine times out of 10, if you really enjoy what you're wearing and you're like, I can't live without this, you can buy it from the membership. Like sometimes it's really expensive. So you do have to find a dupe of sorts, but like nine times out of 10, anything that I fell in love with, like there were a couple jackets or a couple statement pieces, um, especially from that accessory website that I absolutely fell in love with and I ended up buying. Um, And you get a pretty sick discount because at the end of the day it is a rental so like it is lightly used but as long as you don't mind and I've never received anything from any of these memberships where I'm like ew gross this has been used before like no they do a really good job at keeping them clean and it's just been so fun to be able to adventure in my style this way also not to mention like I don't know what to I have so like If you looked in my closet, it's disgusting how much clothing I have that I don't actively use. So not only have I been able to give away a lot of this clothing, but like, I don't know, there's just been something that's a part of me that's like, I genuinely want to have less. Like, I want to have less pieces and I want to have more versatile pieces that really are a statement of who I am, not just what I'm comfortable in. And so it's just been a great way to shed. Highly recommend 10 out of 10. Next thing. Now, this is going to require a bit of work, and I know that we have a lot of moms who listen to this to this podcast. I know we have a lot of women who are in STEM who are really busy, but I am really going to invite you, like, please, please, please hear me out on this next one. I want you to make your own sauces. I want you to make your own syrups. I want you to make your own drinks. I want you to make your own seasonings, make your own simmer pots at home. I want you to make your own things. I know it sounds really difficult, but I actually promise you it's not, and it's really fun, and it's so much better for you, and it tastes so much better. So I make my own seasonings for any of my meat. I make my own sauces. I literally jar them, keep them in my fridge. I freeze them. Um, It's like if you ever have like a rainy Sunday where there's nothing to do, like literally you can go into your pantry right now and create anything that you would need to create. You could freeze it. You could put it immediately on what you have and everything tastes so much better and it's not processed and it's so much better for you. So I'll give you an example. I like love in my household is I make these Mediterranean bowls. I make my sauce from scratch. Like the sauce I put on the chicken for the Mediterranean bowls, I make from scratch and I have everything in my pantry that I could use for it. I blend everything together. I throw it over my chicken. I make that and then I make enough where I can like freeze that chicken or like that'll cover, that seasoning will cover me for the rest of the week. Then I make my own salad dressings. So like literally take the little blender out. My husband loves spicy dressing. I love more of like the garlicky ones and so I like garlic lemons my favorite and so I make them myself and you have no idea you are saving yourself 
not only so much money like do you know how expensive dressing is at the food store these days like you're not only saving yourself so much money but genuinely it's so much better for you you're creating it to your own taste and like now when my parents come over and they eat at my house or when I have like family or friends come over they love my cooking and the only thing that's shifted is rather than using the processed things I'm using things that I'm creating myself and like this is gonna sound so Gen Z of me but like if you just go onto TikTok you'll find everything you need like TikTok Pinterest Instagram like there are so many resources at your disposal if you're a visual learner if you're an auditory learner like who wherever you land here like you can find things also I haven't like done a ton of research but supposedly candles are actually really bad for you like what you're burning and then what you're ingesting is terrible for you and for the environment. And so this winter, I actually started simmer pots for Thanksgiving. Actually, I hosted Thanksgiving at my house and I had a simmer pot going the entire time. My house smelled like a Thanksgiving dream. Like it smelled so good. They last you forever. Like you can literally like start one at the beginning of the week and like just kind of keep it going. And all you have to do is continue to add more water. I love them so much and your house like you can literally create the sense and the aroma of like what you want your house to feel like there's nothing that is more grounding than you being able to create an environment for you to feel good and so if you are on a journey of wanting to live your best life wanting to be embodied wanting to feel just like the most equipped and ethereal version of yourself, that not only means how you treat yourself, but it also means how you treat your environment and what you surround yourself with. So making these simmer pots, making your own seasonings, making your own sauces. Like I make my own syrups for my cocktails and my mocktails. In fact, I make my own cocktails and mocktails. Like I'll juice everything at the beginning of the week and during the week I drink them like a mocktail. And on Friday, I throw some tequila in there and they are delicious. I make my own rosemary simple syrup I have time simple syrup um I always like I grow my own fresh mint like and I promise you as much as this sounds like it's a lot of work it's not a lot of work like the bread girlies I wish I could be a bread girly they're a lot of work yeast is a lot of work being able to make these things is not a lot of work it is super low maintenance I promise you highly recommend 10 out of 10 Girlfriend, I hear you. When life feels messy and uncertain, it's easy to get stuck in fear and confusion. But here's the thing. That desire inside of you exists for a reason. It didn't come out of nowhere. Your dreams matter and you don't have to figure it out alone. That's where the work comes in. It's a personalized six-month coaching program for spiritual baddies who know they want more out of life but don't know where to start. Together, we cut through the chaos so you can align with your soul, remove inner blocks, rewrite self-sabotaging stories, and turn those desires that feel so far out of reach into attainable reality. I see you. I've been in that uncertain place, too, of wanting something different, but also feeling scared of what that means or not believing I deserve it in the first place. We unpack all of that together. With spiritual tools like human design, subconscious coaching, and past life regression, we reprogram your subconscious mindset and belief system. We unravel the outdated programs so you can move forward embodied in the woman you know you are destined to be. I see your light. I see your potential. And my purpose is to hold space for your growth so you can stop settling for less than what your soul came here to experience. If any of this resonates and you're ready to unlock your purpose, slide into my DMs on Instagram at Alexandria Cordero or check the show notes to apply for the work. Okay, now back to the pod. 
Okay, we're going to change it up a little bit. We're going to move from like the sauces, the syrups, and make our way over to some mindset things that have really just made a difference in my life this year. Um, so the number one quote that I have used this year, and I haven't made it so obvious because I try to change my language whenever I do use it, but it has been a game changer for me, and that is let me get back to you on that. So like, let me give you an, off, an example off the bat. Um, you get a text message from someone that's like, hey, we're all going to dinner on Wednesday night. Um, it's at 7 p.m. at this restaurant. It's like a group of us. Uh, do you want to come? Rather than immediately responding and being like, yeah, totally. And then like having that feeling of like, shit, I don't really want to go. Like, I don't really want to go. I'm trying not to eat out during the week or like, I don't really want to go and hang out with those people. I don't really know that group or like the social anxiety or no, I'm simply exhausted or feeling like you need to say yes to everybody. That's literally where let me get back to you comes into play. You have a space to then go home or go do your thing. Go get into a neutral feeling and then really genuinely ask yourself, like, do I want to go to dinner on Wednesday night? No? Okay, great. And then you can send a very grounded and lovely text message back to your friend and be like, thank you so much for the invite. I love being invited to things. I'm going to have to pass up, but like, let's get together you know, soon or something, anything like that. What does this help? It helps the yes men, the people who have a problem saying no, aka me. I have a really hard time saying no to the point where like my friends are always reminding me that like I don't ever get to catch a a breath to myself. I have a really big family. I have a lot of friends and like it just feels like every weekend can sometimes be jam-packed from thing to thing to thing. And so let me get back to you on that has given me the space to be like, okay, what do I really want to do? Which means I've been able to make decisions this year from a state of desire rather than a state of obligation, which is huge for me. You shouldn't be living an obligatory life. You shouldn't be doing things because you feel obligated to do them. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some responsibilities that are an obligation that you can't like ignore, but not everything is an obligation and it is okay to have boundaries and places for you when you want to have time to yourself or when you want to say no to something or when you actually want something to happen it when you say let me get back to you on that you are enhancing every time you've said yes to hanging out with someone you're making it that much more mean meaningful and you're actually making the times that you've said no even more intentional and more honest and like why not be honest if you can this also keeps a really clear line of communication for yourself and for your friends of like you're never going to do something you don't want to do so they never have to worry about you like doing something because you felt you had to and it also protects your energy you're not involving yourself or throwing yourself in the middle of something that you know that you don't actually care to do or desire to do and like leaking all of your energy out into things that don't actually matter I always say like energy is not infinite like it, it's there comes a point in time where you hit a brick wall and you're exhausted. You cannot use or exploit all your energy on the things, the people, or the experiences that don't make you feel full, that don't make you feel depleted. Now, I don't want to go into a huge tangent on this, but like, I really want you to understand that let me get back to you on that is not you protecting your peace. And I'm doing big air quotes. Protecting your peace is another one of those like weaponized phrases recently that I'm hearing a lot of people use when you say protecting your peace please be really careful that you're not actually just practicing radical escapism by saying you're protecting your peace you're like shutting out the rest of the world and you're not allowing yourself to experience or be honest with anybody like that's protecting your peace is 
supposed to be about you withholding a boundary or communicating to somebody where either someone's crossed the line or where you don't feel comfortable or where you don't want to participate in something. It is not about you just like shutting out the world because you're afraid of being vulnerable or shutting out the world because you're afraid of conflict or confrontation. Like that is not protecting your peace. So when you say, let me get back to you on that, it's not so that you can protect your peace. It's so that you can get back from a state you can get back to a state of desire and really ask yourself, like, is this something I actually want to do? Is this something that's going to make me feel fulfilled? Or is this something that's going to deplete me? Yes or no. And then you get to activate from that space. It's really, really fun. And it's really, really exciting. Okay. I think we have two more. Okay. Number 11. This one absolutely changed my life. I want you all to try it tonight. You need to fall asleep to frequencies. You need to, I will say it again, you need to fall asleep to sleep frequencies. Literally go to Spotify, go to Apple Music, like wherever you listen to your things. I literally want you to type in sleep frequencies. You are going to get a multitude, a multitude of playlists that are going to have different sounds, different hertz is what they're called, but just different levels of like gongs and sounds that allow you to fall into a deep level of sleep. I'm probably not explaining this at like the scientific rate that I'm supposed to. All I'm going to say is that sleep frequencies allow for a deeper and longer sleep. I'm no scientist. Like I am not a woman in STEM. I am no science girly, but I am anxious. I suffer from insomnia and there's nothing that really fixes it other than a deep frequency. I pop one of those bad boys on right when I'm falling asleep and like Spotify even lets you do the thing where it's like stop playing this an hour but like highly recommend you sleep with it all night long it is so good for you you should also be meditating to certain frequencies as well I don't remember off the top of my head like what is the sleep frequency I would avoid the YouTube sleep frequencies there's just like something a little funky about them I don't really have like a direct reason for that I just I feel I've gotten the best sleep if you just go to Spotify you type in sleep frequencies and they'll tell you like if you want like this one's for manifesting this one's for like clearing like anxiety this one's for like deep like deep 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 REM sleep or like subconscious clearing like it's it's just so lovely it allows me to fall into a very deep long lasting sleep so I find myself sleeping longer and heavier and waking up way more refreshed one of the things that I hope I get to invest in this year is the like hatch alarm clock. It's the one that has like the sunrise. Um, I would love to be in a place where like I leave my phone downstairs while I sleep at night. Um, so maybe I'll add that to next year's, but di- this is definitely a start. Okay, and the very, very last thing that changed my life this year was consuming content that actually stimulates my interest and isn't just disassociating. So I'm going to call a couple people out. I'm even technically calling myself out, but like it really does make a difference. There's a point in time where we're all just mindlessly scrolling on Instagram, right? Like we're just sitting there. We're going through all the reels. We're going through all the different gifts, the memes. We're watching people make fun of each other, do skits. Like it's fun and it's really entertaining. And I love that for us. Like don't get me wrong. I love me a really good doom scroll on on TikTok. Like if I've had a long day, I love to disassociate in silence scrolling on my phone. Don't get me wrong. And, big and, 
get off of mindless scrolling about things that don't matter. As much as I love a good doom scroll, the memes, the gifts, the accounts that are ultimately just complaining either about like, it's not like complaining about their life, but like complaining about other people or just like kind of stirring this like negative toxicity about their experience. You are absorbing what they're saying. Like you are formulating an opinion. You are consciously actually like actively listening to it. And so I'm not saying don't do that. But what I am saying is that like start following people. Like If you are going to be on social media, like start following people and consuming content that actually stimulates your interests. So yeah, maybe you get a meme or a gift, a gif every two scrolls, but then maybe you actually fall into content that like makes you feel stimulated and is actually something you're passionate about. It could be your hobbies. Like if you're into sewing, if you're into crocheting, if you're into makeup, skincare, like things that are actually going to allow you to feel inspired and maybe even creative rather than feel as though you're just like sitting aimlessly judging someone's life. I think that it's really easy for all of us to really fall into that, especially because like it's just it's a way of connection. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I sit and send my friends things all day long of, like, different funny reels or funny TikToks that just, like, make me chuckle. And at the same time, I did notice that there was a point in time where, like, I was just wasting so much of my brain space watching these people who, like, ultimately in my life don't matter. And I know that sounds really harsh, but I'm not talking about the girlies who are, like, sharing their life and allowing us to, like, explore their their experiences. I'm talking about the people who, like, I don't know. They just they use their platform for toxic reasons or to spread things that are not true, like false narratives. And so for me, what this has looked like is following more things that actually like I'm inspired by or like that I actually want to know more about. So as we all know, I'm super spiritual. But one of the things that like I've I have a deep interest in, but I'm not at a level of being able to share is astrology. So like following a lot of astrology content so that I understand it deeply and like understand what's happening in the world and like getting different takes on it. Um, weirdly enough, I love mom content, love mom content. And I'm not talking about the mom content. That's like the Utah moms. They creep me out. I'm talking about the mom content. That's like labor and delivery nurses. They're the bomb. Like, they're so cool and fun. And, like, I don't know. Like, I love that stuff. Or, like, I love watching, like, like what did I actually need in my hospital bag? What did I actually use? What didn't I use? Um, I don't know. Like, I, there's just something super fascinating about that to me. Or, like, even seeing how moms talk about what they do with their kids or, like, how they're bringing them up. Or, like, I, I don't know. Like, there's a bunch of little small examples that are coming to my head. There are some mom influencers who I feel like are not exploiting their kids, but they are doing a really good job at just, like, showcasing how you can do it differently. And I really appreciate that. It, like, really inspires me and makes me feel really good, even just, like, if they're not moms, just wives in general. Um, and then the last thing for me is recipe. Like I said earlier, like I love being able to be a little mini mixologist in my house. So having just like people that I follow that I know I'm going to get really great mocktail, cocktail recipes that I can like add to my grocery store list, like it just feels so much more productive. So those are the 12 things that absolutely changed my life this year. Yes. Um, I'm so excited for this next year. Typically, I don't really feel motivated by the new year. I'm a girly who like actually identifies more with the astrological new year, which I believe this year is March 19th. 
Um, it's when we enter Aries season. Again, I'm not an astro girly, but I know enough to like make me feel good. And so for the last couple of years, like that's what's really felt good to me. But there's an energy to this year that just does feel really different. There's a momentum to this year that I feel so much more grounded in and so much better about. Um, so yeah, I, I really am excited for this year. Um, I'll go into my mental health for a hot moment. There's actually very not much, like there's not very much to say. I had a beautiful holiday season, like a beautiful holiday season. I hosted Thanksgiving at my house and it was just, it was so memorable, so deeply, so, so, so deeply just gratifying for me and my family and I, I, it's, it's one of those Thanksgivings I'll never forget. I pray I get to continue to hold space for all of them and we get to continue that now as a tradition, but it truly was beautiful. And then as we moved into the holiday season, typically for me, it's incredibly stressful. I have a huge family and so trying to coordinate when I see everybody, when I'm buying, how do I operate and run a full-blown business while also being a person is really hard, especially during the holidays. But like, I don't know, I was incredibly intentional about my time. I took time when I needed it. I put boundaries down when they were needed. And I ended up having a gorgeous holiday season. I took the week off between Christmas to rot. And by that, I mean, I just sat in reflection. I journaled a lot. I did a lot of meditations. I slept a lot. Um, I spent time with my family. I listened to a lot of my favorite music. Um, I just, I feel so calibrated, I guess is the best word, moving into this next year. I wanted to share with you all some of my just goals for this year, some of my intentions. I don't know. I guess there's like a weird stigma around the word word resolutions. So I don't know. Say what you will, but here's my intentions for this year. Um, I have a personal goal just to be really focused, really, really focused. Since I've started my business, My life has had huge events that have not allowed me to ever just be 100% in on my business, which is wild to think that I've grown this huge business and like not been distracted, but just had a lot going on. Um, The first year that my business really took off was the panoramic, the pandemic, and it just like, it's hard. It was really hard to focus fully when you're like, you're trying to deal with your mental health. I got engaged that year. So wedding planning began. The next year, I took 30 days to go to Europe. And so the, and I planned it all myself. So the planning prior and then after like we got back I had another family trip I then went to Dallas and then I had Christmas like then it was time for the holidays then this year I got married and I literally took off from the month of May to August for first my wedding and then after just like mental health things and before that I was still planning this humongous wedding we had over 220 people there and then after it's been like trying to get my like grounding back I did my past life regression course like I am obsessed with my product suite right now but like it took a little bit to kind of build it there right so this year is the year that my business is this is my first baby like this is the year I really invest all my focus and all of my energy because at the end of the day like I just want to make money and be the best healer and do hood rat things with my friends I really want to be in a place at when I look back at this year and just really be proud of my ability to focus all of my love and attention and energy into this thing that I so deeply believe in and care about 
Um, okay, my intentions for my finances. Um, so since I was a little girl, I've talked about this in past episodes, um, I wanted to be the breadwinner. I remember being a little kid knowing I was going to own my own business. At the time, I thought it would be a dance studio, but um, I still think more and more a brick and mortar, maybe it's not going to be a dance studio, but more and more brick and mortar does sound better, but that's going to be years, years, a decade from now, if anything. But either we're going back, we're going back, back to finances. Ever since I was a kid, I wanted to be the breadwinner. I always had said, I remember telling my mom, like, I am going to own my own business. I'm going to be a mom and I'm going to make more money than my husband. I don't know what seven-year-old Alex was thinking, but like, I love her for it. She's a rock star. And so this year, I want to be officially the year that not only do I do it, but I set myself up to consistently do it. I want to look in December of 2024 and be like damn I'm basically booked out for 2025 like I basically like I'm booked I'm booked and busy and it's not like I wasn't booked and busy this year but like I think you like we know what I'm talking about this idea of just like this business takes on a life of its own and allows it to just be really sustainable I have this like vision in my head that like I feel like sometimes my business I like crave the consistency of someone who has a nine to five and like I haven't been able to have that type of consistency in regards to like my schedule and just even my products because I've been growing as an entrepreneur whereas like now I I I can create that for myself so that's my financial goal career goal I want all of these services that I've created, all of these programs to be booked. I want everyone to finally step into their deepest desires. I want to see my schedule packed out with connecting with my clients, connecting with new clients, coaching them, creating. I love creating. Like I want to be able to book out my services so I can move on to my next layers of creation, whether it's expanding this podcast, whether it's merchandise, whether it's memberships, who, who knows? But like I just want to be what I would call a household healer I want people to I want to be the girly that like when you think about a spiritual baddie or when you're talking to a friend and you're like damn I just wish like I had someone that like I could follow or that I can consume content from that like really shows me that I'm going to be okay I want you to be like oh my god Alex let me send you Alex um that's kind of like my biggest dream I just I want to be everyone's number one spiritual baddie so that's the name of this podcast and then my last career is or my last career goal for this year is I want to hire the team of my dreams I've been so close to hiring this team so many times in my business and this is the year that it happens this is the year that it happens where I get to look at the team I want this all-woman team I can get into specifics but we'd be here for another hour Like, I just, I know this is the year that it gets to happen, and I'm so excited about it. Um, For wellness, we're going to keep this one short and simple because there's a couple things about it that are actually really personal. I'm not really ready to share. But for wellness, I just want to be in the healthiest physical body and mental body that I could possibly be in. I want to feel my best. I want to feel my strongest. I want to think my best. I just, I want my body to be in a state where I feel good and I'm able to address my mental state in that same way. And then the last things is my relationships. My goal for my relationships this year is I want to continue to foster the sisterhood that I spoke about in the beginning of this podcast. I want to continue to expand on those relationships. I owe it to these women to be there for the way they were there for me. So I want to make sure that I get to see them, hang out with them, 
love on them and just continue to grow our sisterhood. And just as a person, I want to operate from a place of love and not spite. I want to start remembering that not like I'm at a place in my life where everyone who I surround myself with, like my most inner circle, I adore them. Like there's nothing about them I would want to change. And I think sometimes we can be really hypercritical of the people around us because we love them so much that we want them to see things the way we see them or do things the way we do them. And so for me, I think I'm just going to do the things for them with love and not spite. I'll give you a direct example just because I feel like this is a really vague topic. But like, for example, if you have a partner like my husband – I know for a fact he is not someone who puts things away all the time and like for so long it's always driven me nuts because I'm, I'm a super organized person in that way and I used to like spitefully put it away and think like why can't he just do it whereas now it's just like no like it really doesn't take much for me to put it away and like honestly it doesn't bother him and it bothers me deeply but like I was going to be putting these things away anyway like I'm just mad he's not just exactly like me and in my brain and like thinking exactly the way I think so like it's fine. So yeah, I want to do things out of love, not spite. In all of my relationships, I want to see people's perspective from a place of love, not from a place of like where I would have done it. Um, Oh, I skipped over one, travel. I am traveling to LA in February. That's like basically pretty confirmed, which I'm so excited about. I have a lot of like job opportunities right now out there as well as seeing my best friend, Rena. I'm so excited. Um, I also am definitely traveling to Dallas I have to see my best friend Kayla she moved into this gorgeous new apartment and I just I have to go I also love Dallas um and one of my big goals for travel this year is I want to take my husband to DR and I want to go with my family to do that my husband has yet to see where my family is from and so this is the year I really want to make sure he gets to go and experience the Dominican Republic All right, friends. So this is my first episode back. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. I love you all deeply so, 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 so much. Thank you for sticking around. Thank you for being here. I love you so deeply. I can't say it enough. Like, truly the baddies out here, y'all really do make my life so much more expansive and fun and loving. Um, Toodaloo. I've never said that before, but I guess toodaloo. Adios from my comfortable bed. I'm going to finish my strawberry lemon water and close my eyeballs to some sleep frequencies. I love you all so much. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today, my gorgeous healed hotties. You all mean the world to me, and I am just so grateful we get to do this work together. The best way for podcasters like myself to grow is by rates and reviews. So please make sure you rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. And remember, hot girls don't gatekeep. So share this episode with your girls and anyone else you think would love to be in the club. Love you all tons. I will see you next week. Bye.